Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. My name is Tori, and I am the engagement pastor here at Encounter Church, and I get the opportunity this morning to share with you a little bit about what I get to do in my job, a little bit about my story and what God's done in my life, and I also get to encourage you and get to say, if you really take these things that I say to you today, and you really apply them, I really just believe that God can do so much through that, just by getting engaged here at Encounter Church. So today, I am very passionate about what I'm going to talk to you about. I'm very passionate just in general, if you know me. I'm a very excited person. I love just getting to do what I get to do, and um, so I hope that that excitement translates to you today. Um, But this topic of engagement, what is engagement? What does that look like? So something that um, I, in my personal story, six years ago, my life looked a lot different. Um, It's actually, I still have to like pinch myself sometimes that I get to be a pastor. Like the fact that that's my job title is still very wild to me. Um, I was in a very dark place six years ago. I grew up in a home of drug abuse and um, I kind of, when I got to college, I kind of started to go down a wrong path. I started to find things that were trying, I was trying to fill a void that only God could fill. Um, But six years ago, my life looked a lot different. And it's through this engagement process of a church that I was going to whenever I rededicated my life that absolutely set me on a path that was successful. So today, I'm going to talk to you about that. What does that look like? So the things that I had to change, I had to change the people I was around, I had to change the places I was around, the things I was around, Um, those are the things that helped me to then have that life change that was sustainable, right? Because we can have life change all the time, but is it actually sustainable? So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So I was baptized at the church I was going to, I joined Grow Track, I joined a life group, and then I ended up joining a college that was through the church, but you don't have to do that. Um, obviously, but that's something that I personally did. I, I was all in, right? And when we're all in for what God is doing, there's no stopping what God can do, right? That's, that's where we find those life-changing things. So we're going to look at that. Connection and engagement go hand in hand. The importance of engagement leads to community that leads to life change, right? So what is Engagement. It's the action of engaging or being engaged or participation or involvement. So engagement or connection in the context of Encounter Church looks a little bit like this. So you come in on a Sunday morning and it's your first time here or your second time here or you've been coming here for a long time and you walk through the doors and what do you experience? What is that thing that you experience? Do you experience happy, smiling faces? Because that's what we hope you experience. We hope you walk in this place and you feel like you're home. We have heard that so many times at our welcome parties. Like, man, when I walked in the doors, it just felt like home. And so that's what we want. But what's after that? We talk about it all the time, right? We talk about grow track, right? Grow track is that next step, that, that I'm a little bit in, I've been attending for a while, but what comes after that? Well, that's grow track. We'll talk a little bit more about grow track here in a little bit. 
but then you join a life group. You join a serve team. You begin doing life with people. And can I tell you, if you're in a, if you've walked out of a life, a, a life that you've been living, and you join and, and get connected to these things, I promise you, it will change your life. But what does the Bible say about this connection, this community, these, these things I'm talking about? Because I could talk about Encounter Church all day and what we do and how we do things and all of that, but what does Scripture say about it? What does Jesus say about it? So we're going to look a little bit today about the relationship that Jesus had with his disciples, okay? So that is... That is something that they, I consider them a little life group, like that they walked through life together for three years, right? So, but first, let's ask ourselves, who is in our circle? If you look at your friends, if you look at your community that you're around, you are the average of the five people that you're around mostly. So think about that for a second. Kind of go through those friends in your mind or the family that you're connected to. You are the average of those five people, Are these people life-giving, Jesus-following people? Because I can tell you, if you're surrounded by people that are negative and going down a wrong path, odds are that's probably what's going to happen with you too. So when you surround yourself with people that are Jesus-following, people that love you and that pray for you, that's whenever you're going to have life change, right? Jesus desires for us to have healthy relationships, And life groups can be just that way that you can get connected into a healthy group of people. When you surround yourself with the right people, they will encourage you and they will propel you forward, right? But let's look at scripture. The disciples spent three years following Jesus and they were besties, okay? I use that word a lot. Actually, if you're around me for any period of time, I probably have referred to you as a bestie, like, and if I haven't, then I probably, I, I, you guys are all my besties, okay? We just are. We're all friends. I love having friends. If you know me as a person, I love being around people. Obviously, I'm an extrovert, so, but sometimes I wish the Bible would talk about, like, what were they doing? Like, I know they talked a lot about, like, where they went and the things they did, but I want to hear more about, like, the campfire, like, sitting around a campfire. Like, what did the disciples talk about? Because I know that that's where that life change was happening, was just in those times together. But in John chapter 20, we see that Jesus had just been crucified, and the disciples scattered. They ran away. They were fearful because they were afraid that what happened to Jesus was going to happen to them because they were close. They were, they were together together. So grab your Bibles with me if you have them and turn to John chapter 20, verse 19 through 24. And this is what it says. After this, I'm sorry, I'm not, that's not right at all. On the evening of that first day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were in fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So whenever I was kind of looking at this verse and thinking about it, going through it, Pastor Joe and Luke, they were, I was talking about them, talking to them about it, and I I was like, what drew them back together? Like, where did the disciples scatter? Like, I want to know. Where did they go? And so I was processing that with them, and both of them were like, they went back to where they were safe. They went back together. If you see it in the verse, it says, they were together when Jesus 
found them. They had scattered, but then they came back together. Why did they come back together? Because they were friends. They were in community together. That was their safe place. That's where they ran to together. And life is better together, right? So this fall, God has actually blessed me to overflowing. If, you're in our, if, if you know the, our life group that I have, that I get to be a part of, there's overflowing with friends, okay? Which is like the best thing in the entire world. I get to be a part of a life group. Um, it's all girls. It's all, we're pretty much all moms. There's a couple that aren't, but we're just, we just be friends. And I'm so happy about that because honestly, prior to that, I had a couple of friendships that, you know, were here and there and, you know, kind of one kind of like went a different direction. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, Luke's my friend and Seattle's my friend and Shepard's my friend and Judah's my friend and that's all it is. And so that's okay. And I get to be around the people at work every day. And that was like, I was kind of filling my cup, but God had something more for me. And it was through a life group. And these are not just surface level friends that I found through a life group. These are girls that I get to contact if I have to have an unexpected surgery, right? They are like, let me bring you dinner. Let me help you. Let me pray for you. Those are the people that you need in your life. People that you can go to in times of need and with no negativity, right? And we have a group message called One Less Lonely Girl. And if you know Justin Bieber, then you would appreciate that. If you don't know Justin Bieber, then... You can just look it up. It's actually a really good song, but our group text is called One Less Lonely Girl. I just had to, like, give a shout-out to that. Um, so do you have those friends? Do you have those friends that you can look to in a time of need, that you can text and be like, hey, I'm going through this today. Can you help me? Or my kid is sick. Can you pray for them? Do you have those friends? But when you are afraid and you're lacking joy or you're going through a tough season alone, I just want to encourage you to check your connection. Not Wi-Fi, but what's your connection look like? We're going to look at three different connections in our life that will absolutely change it if we are able to check it and correct what needs to be corrected, right? First thing we need to evaluate is our connection to Christ, right? We can sit here and talk all day about the things here, or our friends, or our relationships, but what is our, what is our connection to God look like? Is that your number one connection? Because if it's not, then everything else is going to suffer. God is our true source of connection. Without him, we are weak, confused, fearful, and the list goes on and on. But when we have that connection to Jesus in a healthy way, everything works better, right? Our marriages work better. Our parenting works better. Our friendships work better And the disciples are such a great example of being close to Jesus. They did life together. They struggled together. They grew together. They almost died in a boat together. But in scripture we see, in um, verse 19 it says this, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were in fear of the Jews. But Jesus came and stood among them. I want to point that out to you, among them. Jesus is not far away from you, okay? Jesus stands among us, right? That is the character of Jesus. He is right next to you. And if your connection is lacking, just remember, like, he's not the one that moved, right? You are the one that moved. Jesus is always there. He's always close to us because he stands among us. He is the definition of a true friend, right? Right? 
We do not walk this earth alone because when we are in Christ, like the Bible talks about being in Christ, he stands among us and he walks with us through absolutely everything, right? So check your connection with God. The second thing we need to check our connection to is our connection to others, our connection to others. Because the one thing that the enemy wants is for us to be isolated, right? Isolation is where the walls start talking to us and it's not good, right? I know pretty much probably everybody has been in that situation where you're alone and you don't know what to do and you're in your head and everything is just magnified. But from the beginning of time, God put a very high value on being around people, right? We see in Genesis 2.18 it says, And the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. So I will make a suitable helper for him. So God showed us in the beginning of time that that's not good to be alone, right? That's at the very beginning of of scripture, like how important that is. We are created to do life together with the right people, right? Are you connected to the right people? Because we can be connected to people, but are they the right people that you need to be connected to? Because prior to, to my life being changed, I was connected to all the wrong people. All the wrong people, all the wrong places, all the wrong things. Shouldn't have been there, shouldn't have done it, but that's where I was. I was connected to the wrong people. And I'm a very, like, I, I am who I'm around type of person, and you can really tell a difference in my, how I am and how I like, walk day to day because of the people that I surround myself with. But are you connected to the right people? The disciples spent three years with Jesus, and friendships are formed with time, right? T-I-M-E, time. That's where we have our relationships built. Time talking together, praying together, fishing together. Luke is now a fisherman. I'm not really quite sure what changed. He became friends with Pastor Joe is what happened, and then now Luke's all of a sudden a fisherman. But they go fishing a lot. So if you like fishing, that's fine. He like ordered some fishing box thing. It came with like all this stuff. I don't even know. Like it's like a subscription box. I don't even know. But it's, it's weird. I'm just, I have always enjoyed fishing. I love fishing. It's like so fun. And Luke's like, I would literally never do that. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, he's from the country, but he's just not, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he belongs, like, not in the country. But he likes fishing. So if you like fishing, go fishing with a friend. Um, or I go to the gym with my friends. I love the gym. I love going to the gym at 5 a.m. You might think I'm crazy, but I just love it. Like, I love, I love mornings. I'm a morning person. But that's where friendships are formed is with time, Right? Life is so much scarier to face it alone. We walk through too much. We go through too much to be doing it alone. Who is in your circle? Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Surround yourself with quality friends. Again, you are the average of the five people that you're around the most. Who is in your circle? Check your circle today. Nothing will bring you down quicker than being surrounded by fools, right? Being surrounded by people that are gossiping or negative or not quite on the same page as you. It's really easy to be like when someone gossips, like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, I feel that way too, you know? Or when we were at James River College, we were always told to not say that we're tired. Because if you notice, whenever you say you're tired around somebody, most of the time they're like, yeah, I'm tired too. 
And then you're like, yeah, I'm tired too. And then you're like, okay, well, we're all just tired and sad about being here. Like, we don't, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna stay positive. But th- that's how important friendships are is who are you around? What are they speaking? What are they saying to you? Some people are hindering the calling that God has on your life because that's who you're surrounding yourself with. I've been there. Recently, within the last few years, I've been there. Some friendships drag you down, and that's not what God has for you. When you find your people, it's life-changing. Within the last three months, I've found my people. There is something special about being able to text your closest friends and say, I'm going through this, can you pray for me? It's uplifting and encouraging, and the enemy wants us to stay isolated. But when we gather together, our faith grows. My key verse today is Hebrews 10, 24. And it says, let us not, let us consider how to stir one another to, good, to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together. We kind of got in the habit of that with COVID, right? I don't even want to say the C word on stage, but I did. I just said it. But it's that we kind of got in that groove, right, of not meeting together, of not hanging out, of not going places or whatever. Like it's it got kind of comfortable, right? To just be like, oh, I'm not gonna hang out with them or I'm not gonna do this because we were isolated for a long period of time. But that's not what God wants. It's important to gather together. Life groups are key. Getting connected to a life group can be life-changing for you. Let's never neglect getting together and sharing life together. And third is the connection to the church. I understand that you can have an experience with God outside of the walls, absolutely, 100%. But there is something about meeting together with a group of believers every single week that is life-changing. This is the place where God can work the most is being surrounded by people, right? In Encounter Church, we love you, right? I don't speak for just me. I know over all of the pastors, we love you. And we know that God has more for you in your life. So Jesus gave the disciples the greatest responsibility to share the good news through the church, right? That's our first step is to share the good news. That's what we were called to do. That's what Jesus told us to do, right? So at the end it says, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus commissioned the disciples to take his place here on earth. How, that is the craziest responsibility and privilege all at the same time. Like, Jesus himself was like, you know what? You can do it better. Like, you can do it, and I'm trusting you, and you go do what I can do. I was reading a commentary whenever I was preparing this message, and this really stuck out to me. It says, it is humbling to realize that Jesus loves us as his Father loves him, and that we are in the Father just as he is. It is equally as humbling to realize that he has sent us into the world just as his Father sent him. It must have given the disciples great joy to realize even in their failures, their Lord was entrusting them his word and his work. They had forsaken them and fled, but now he was sending them out to represent him. Peter denied him three times, but yet in a few days, 
Peter would preach the word and thousands would be saved in the church. You know, the church is vital. The church is important to our walk with Jesus and our walk with others. This is where we discover our giftings, our talents. If it wasn't for the church, I would have never known what I was. I thought I knew what I was gifted to do, but I never really knew until I got connected to a church. And I am so thankful for that. I took the spiritual gifts assessment. I didn't know I was gifted with half the things like discernment. I always thought I felt a little weird about things sometimes and I just thought, oh, that's interesting. No, that's discernment. God gives us gifts and talents to use for his kingdom, to push the church forward. Every single person in this place, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter where you come from, I promise you, I have seen it. God has a plan for you. God has gifted each and every person to go share the good news and to be a part of a serve team and serve and push the church forward because that's what it's all about, right? Getting connected to the church is key. This is where all these things come together, right? We've talked about our connection to God, our connection to others. But what all of this comes together when you discover your gifts and talents and you begin serving the church. Some of my best friends I get to serve with on a Sunday morning, right? I get to go to a life group with. You will be able to find your forever friends, your forever community by doing these things and getting plugged in, right? Jesus is the greatest example of a servant of the church, and that's what he's called us to do as well. So what, in a practical sense, what are some ways that you can get connected here at Encounter Church? We talk about them a lot, right? So, but we're talking about getting connected to the church. So first and foremost is your relationship with Jesus. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to give you that opportunity here in a little bit. But second is to get water baptized. What it, why do we get water baptized? It is an outward thing that we show to the world, like, this is what I'm doing. God saved my life, and I'm going to get water baptized because of it. This is what God's doing in me, so I'm going to show the world, which we have a water baptism happening next week if you have not been water baptized. I was baptized whenever I was seven, but I actually felt like I needed to get rebaptized when God completely, radically changed my life at a conference six years ago. And I swear that was the thing that propelled me forward. It was almost like, yes, I had made this decision whenever I was seven, but I didn't really understand what I was doing. I just did it, you know, because I thought I had to. I went on this path of death and destruction. But it was in that moment of getting water baptized again that I'm like, you know what? I'm a new creation. I, we'll talk, Luke and I talk about, you know, things in the past, and I'm like, I don't even know who that person is anymore. Like, that Tory is long gone, right? Because of getting water baptized, those things are washed away. So then after that, your next step is grow track, okay? We talk about grow track all the time because we truly believe in it. This is the all things Encounter Church. This is the on-ramp. All things Encounter Church. Grow Track is a four-week class that goes on during our 1045 service. You get to learn more about Encounter Church. We go through the history of Encounter Church because I think that's important to get to know your church because then you get to then believe and be like, okay, I'm all in. I get it. I know where we've come from. I know what God is doing here. And then we get to take a spiritual gifts assessment. I kind of talked about that earlier. This is where you get to discover your gifts and your talents. And I love taking personality tests. I talk about the Enneagram all the time. If you've ever taken that one, it's also a great one. Um, But there are so many gifts and talents that you may not even know you have. And then you get to get plugged into a serve team. 
whether that's kids ministry, youth ministry, worship ministry, hospitality, making coffee, whatever it may be, greeting at a door. There are so many pieces of the puzzle at Encounter Church that you can fit right into, I promise. Next is life groups. Life groups are vitally important. This is where you get to have those meaningful friendships that you can have and you can walk, they can walk through life together with you. We get to meet in different demographics, different families, different things. There's several different life groups across the Sedalia area. We have them in Warrensburg also. But this is where you get to share life together and grow closer together, right? And then the last piece of the puzzle that we are revamping, that we're getting ready to, we, we've kind of started doing it, but it's called e one to one This is like a mentorship thing that we do here at Encounter Church through our serve teams because we believe that we are building up each other, that we are multiplying ourselves. So whenever we're multiplying ourselves, obviously it just keeps going and going, right? Exactly. So we get to do that. And this is where you get to grow in your leadership abilities, walk through life with someone maybe a little bit further ahead than you so that you can take your leadership to the next level and strengthen your walk with Jesus at the same time. So these four things I've mentioned are called our pipeline, right? So this is designed to make sure that nobody walks alone. It is very laid out. We are very intentional with what it looks like here. It almost looks like a funnel. It doesn't almost, it does. It looks like a funnel. And that is where we get to to make sure nobody falls through the cracks, right? We don't want anybody to fall through the cracks because we believe that you're not just a guest when you're here. We believe that you're family. From the moment you walk in the door, we believe that you're family. And it is, when I say it on the announcements every week that we don't think it's an accident that you're here, it's true. It is not an accident that you are here. And we want to walk side by side with you. So to, to bring all this together, I have a video to show you today. And this man has been just the, whenever I was planning this, this message, I thought, man, Travis is the definition of what it looks like to walk through this process, to get rid of the old friends, to get rid of the old things, to be all in, to go through Grow Track, to join a life group, to join all of the things that we're doing here at Encounter Church, to say, you know what? I am all in. And then he gets to be our family. Man, Travis has been here just as long as Luke and I have, to be honest with you, because he came... We'll share in the video, but he came like the week that Luke and I started here. And we've been able to see Travis just blossom into this person, this, this man of God, that it's so crazy how his story is. So we're going to show this video. Get your tissues ready because it's very, very touching this morning. My name is Travis. Uh, um, I'm from California. I left in uh, January of 2020, right in the heart of COVID. And um, started backpacking. Got here 10 months later and um, not planning on staying. I was on the corner right up here on 65 uh, hitchhiking and um, sun was going down so I pitched my tent. When he opened my tent, it was overlooking this church up on, up on the hill. And so I decided to come down here and so I went in and said some prayers and had some peace. And uh, as I was leaving, I met Pastor Chris, talked to him a little bit, met Pastor Angie, and uh, went back to my tent. Later on that night, 
um, I hear someone yelling my name, Travis. And, uh, I'm thinking, nobody knows me here. I'm in Missouri, you know. And it was Pastor Angie and Pastor Chris. And Pastor Chris saying that um, she was a little worried that I was going to get hit by a car. And that if I was planning on staying any longer, uh, if I could come over on their church property and pinch my tent. And uh, amazed and blown away. Um, I did. You know, I stayed in the tent for a few days as they were on the retreat. And uh, it's getting ready to snow. They called me up and asked, told me uh, that I can, uh, I can, they got a spot for me over at the embassy. Embassy is a sober living home. It's a Christian sober living home. I didn't need to be there. I felt more like I was, uh, I should because, uh, these people were just so awesome. They, could, they didn't have to worry about me. And they were here, and here they are uh, trying to find a place for me to stay. And um, So I went ahead and I left in the morning. I went to the truck stop and started hitchhiking again. I thought this was, this was my exit. And Jill Reed called me while I was at the truck stop. Asked me what I was doing. I said I was at the truck stop. I was leaving. She was kind of upset that I was leaving, she, and but she understood, and she said that her husband, uh, her husband runs a trucking company, has a trucking company, and that uh, he was going to Kentucky to give me a ride. So he showed up, and and I loaded up all my stuff, my German Shepherd, and, and we took off, and we were about 20 miles out of town, and I told him, this is a wonderful place, man. The people here are just awesome. Um, very caring. They were just real, real people. He said, "So if you had a place to stay, you, you, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be leaving." I said, "No, not really. Probably not." And he made a U-turn on the highway. He brought me back to town, and they got me a week uh, hotel. That went on, and while that week was going on, um, I also met my boss, Mike, Mike Layton. It was also very, very dear to my heart. He's a uh, I don't know why, how, or I don't know, but I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for the Laytons, the Keys, the church, Pastor Chris, Luke, Pastor Luke, um, so many people from the gate. They've uh, they said that uh, you're not alone, and uh, you know, uh, obviously I. I judged him just like uh, I've been judged most of my life. Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris has said from the gate that I'm part of the family and uh, I'm not alone. And you know, at first I thought he's a pastor, he's gotta say that. And uh, you know, uh, he really means it. Um, truly means it. I got in a little bit of trouble when I first got here. And, uh, and he, everybody was, everybody still was there for me. And, uh, constantly, always, always, you know, this is the only church I've ever been in my life. Although I haven't been in a lot, um, this is the only church I've ever been and in my life that I absolutely feel comfortable. I absolutely feel fine in my own skin. I look forward to coming to church every Sunday.
I looked forward to standing outside with my sign. The more I stood out there and the more I was out there every week, the more waves and the more I could see people coming around the corner already waving. You know, it's a wonderful place here, man. Uh, it's a wonderful place. I'm so blessed that God, took, God, me, God brought me here. Um, I don't know what I would do without this place. I, I really don't. This is my new home. This is my new church forever. I want to thank everybody. Thank everybody for uh, not judging me, for loving me. And... Uh, me on family and hey we have a saying we're gonna love you until you can love yourself and that's exactly what this church did for me two quarters ago I went to I started a life group I go to a life group at my pastor's house just the sound of that going to a life group at my pastor's house I would have never said two years ago I know I truly am a miracle walking and uh, I thank everybody for being a part of it. You know, I can honestly say that there's absolutely nobody in my phone book or in my phone that shouldn't be in my phone. It's actually completely opposite. It's full of detectives and police officers and pastors and people from the church. You truly are the company you keep. That's awesome. Let's give it a round of applause. We love you, Travis. We're so we're so proud of you. But this morning, I, I wanted to encourage you with that because that is the definition of what this engagement pathway can do for you. That's what it does. It's that we don't just talk about these things just to talk about them and hear ourselves talk, right? We do this because this is why. That is our why. Because we get to see people's lives changed and transformed. Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.